Get after it, PDX. In-depth conversations with inspiring people in the creative hotbed of Portland, Oregon, Portland, Oregon. and beyond. Now, let's welcome the host of Get After It PDX and the co-founder of Y East Wolfpack, Willie McBride. Hey folks, a quick word about our sponsors, the Amesur Distilling Company, a new distillery focused on bringing people together through great flavors and a warm environment. They love the way spirits taste, but more importantly, they love that they bring people together to make memories, build bridges, and crystallize the moment. Opening in spring 2020 in Northeast Portland. Today's episode is also brought to you by Daybreak Racing, a Portland, Oregon company offering some of the finest trail running events and trail stewardship opportunities available today. Daybreak Racing has been uniting the adventurous and wild-hearted with the mountain, coast, and forest trails of the Pacific Northwest since 2016. Adventure begins at Daybreak. Visit them at daybreakracing.com. Welcome, folks. We are back with another episode of Get After It PDX. Today is actually a Get After It PDX and Beyond episode because our guest is not living in Portland, Oregon. Today we're very lucky to have Daniel White, who goes by the Black Alation, is a through hiker and adventurer based in North Carolina. So welcome today, Daniel. I appreciate you so much for having me. Thank you. Yeah, we appreciate you taking the time. Um, so, like we always do, we want to throw back, hear about your whole story and how it evolved, the twists and turns to get to where you are today, doing a lot of really cool stuff, inspiring long distance hiking. So, where were you born and raised? Um, I was I was actually born in uh, Jersey Shore, uh, Asbury Park, okay. um, where Bruce Springsteen is from. I was about to um, say, <laughs> you know, definitely. So, uh, but I moved to Asheville around age five or six, my mother and, uh, you know, my father's side of the family are both from Asheville, North Carolina, which is like, you know, if you look at any travel magazine, the top destination in the world for, you know, just uh, food and, and now we're a beer town and everything like that. Um, so I grew up there, uh, live in Charlotte now. Um, yeah, man, so, you know, just Carolina boy by heart, for sure. Um, Jersey is always in my heart because I got family there, but definitely a Carolina boy by heart and all the way, you know. <laughs> nice. So what? Uh, like, what were you into as a kid? Were you running around? Were you? Because obviously, your life now largely centers around the outdoors. Was that the case when you were young, or no? Uh, well, kind of, and, and kind of not. Uh, my, my brother, my older brother Keith, uh, he was always into running. He actually ran the So what was, you know, so you were in Asheville, actually, because I've been there once back in the day years ago. Um, it's a pretty small town, correct? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Uh, I grew up 
yeah, it's up there. Uh, and for those that do know, it's probably maybe an hour away from the Appalachian Trail, which we'll get into in a second. But uh, I, I didn't know anything about hiking. I just knew I was surrounded by beautiful mountains. But that's just, you know, it's, it's kind of those things. When you grow up to a certain place, you overlook the yeah. beauty of the place because you're just used to it. <clears throat> it becomes commonplace to you. So Absolutely. it's one of those things. Nice. And you said, you you mentioned your brother. Did you have other siblings as well? Oh, man, my dad got like 13 kids. Uh, <laughs> my pops, but, uh, yeah, my dad had like 13 kids. Come a time, my dad was like every year. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, you, you got an older sister. Uh, I found out about this in the land. I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> you know, so, uh, yeah, my dad was definitely a rolling stone. Uh, my mom had three uh, kids. And then um, I have a couple stepbrothers that, I, you know, I, I treat just like, you know, So I would assume a lot of people are still in that area. so crazy to think about because I was born in 82 um, so yeah so weird to think about how things have changed in terms of like yeah how kids spend their time and and you know the variety of it's, it's, it's totally different like think about it like the kid on the block that got the Super Nintendo first or the Nintendo first like he was the most popular kid on the block you know and like it, it, it was it was a different type of era back then you know so yeah right. you you I don't know, you appreciate things more, and I'm pretty sure people from the 70s and the 60s say the same thing about us, you know, so, you know, <laughs> it's just, yeah, yeah it is what it is. Yeah. Um, if somebody, you know, probably an adult had come up to you during high school and been like, hey, what do you, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you think you would have said? Oh, man, I, uh, I wanted to be a chef. A yeah, chef? I wanted to be a chef. Um, uh-huh. And then I went to AB Tech, which is, one of the top uh, culinary programs in the country, even just for a community college, or uh, even like four-year universities, it has one of the top uh, culinary programs. And then I quickly realized I didn't want to work in a hot kitchen for 20 years, 30 <laughs> years of my life. Um, so that, that, that switched up, and then I was kind of just out the lurch, just trying to figure it out. Um, I think I'm, I'm 35, and maybe a week, I'll be 35 next week, nice. and I'm still trying to figure out 
<laughs> what exactly do I want to do? Like, I'm, I'm getting an idea on it. I'm getting a on it. But you know, uh, yeah, back then, I didn't have a clue. Was there a certain experience that uh, made you decide you, you weren't as interested in being in a hot kitchen for 20 years? Uh, yeah, just uh, I worked at Arby's. Uh, that was like one of my first jobs. I worked at Arby's. Uh, so, yeah, being in there, uh, knowing that you were going to have be exposed to all this grease, I was going to have bad skin, um, not taking anything away from people that work at any fast food or anything, but it just wasn't for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I figured that out pretty quickly. Um, I'm, and then I'm not really good with authority, so I always knew whatever I did, it wasn't going to be good if I had a boss. <laughs> so <laughs> that just doesn't work out well for me. Not not too long. I can I can manage it for a bit, but it just doesn't work out too well because I like to move on my own accord. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel you there. I'm the same way. Because that's the thing, like, if, yeah. if a boss is really great, maybe you could, you know, stand it longer. But so often, like, bosses suck. <laughs> and then you're just like, well, I don't want this person yeah. telling me what to do if I don't really respect them. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking about that earlier. My boss, which is one of the things that led me to go out to AT in, in the beginning was I was taking vacations and he was like, Hey man, you taking too, a lot of vacation days and stuff. I was like, well, yeah, I got them saved up, you know, or whatever. You know, I, I want to see the world. You know, I got dreams. I don't have kids. And he's like, yeah, sometimes the dreams are all good. For like, like, what? <laughs> you know, so like, oh, uh, like a few days later, I put in my two week notice. Like, yeah, no, no. And then also like, my boss was petty. Uh, I remember I bought an Audi um, to come to work in, and it wasn't the greatest car. And then he told me one day, like, you know, you bought a lemon, bro. And I'm like, come on, dude. He's like, you my boss. And then like the same week, he went and bought his wife a brand new Audi. <laughs> so, like this dude is really petty, you know. So yeah, man, sometimes they suck for sure. <laughs> so what? Uh, just what was like the timeline then? Like what? So that like what age were you when you had that Arby's job? You said you're 35 now. When was that? Um, the Audi when when I bought the Audi. Oh yeah, that whole the whole job there where you said with the boss. Oh like, man, that was that was been the past. I don't know, seven, eight years of my life um, was working for him. I actually went and hiked the AT and came back and worked for him again uh, for a few months, which was which was really tough. But being an electrician, I worked subcontracting, so it's a little bit different. Huh. Not the fact that I'm actually working for him, I'm just coming to get work from him. Um, so it's a different huh. type of thing. Um, but yeah, I worked there since, I guess, 2011. Uh, I, I got in some trouble with the law. Went to prison, did eight months, came home. My next door neighbor was uh, an Hispanic guy, Alberto, one of my, my closest friends uh, at, at this point. He said he needed some help. I went and started working with him, started just teaching me to trade. And I uh, went and got with the company, stayed with the company uh, for years until, you know, until he told me that. Your dreams are always best for you. And I was like, yeah, it's time to cash out. So I quit. I, I cashed out my 401k, took out my penalties. I was just like at a point, you know, I just needed a, a um, a, a release. I just needed a different way. Like I was losing. You know what I mean? My 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 girlfriend, my ex girlfriend, she moved down the street from me. Got a new boyfriend, so every day I had to walk, ride to work to a boss to a job that I hate, and I got to ride back to my girlfriend, ex girlfriend's house with a new boyfriend. Uh, I'm watching the 2016 news cycle with all this this negativity in the news cycle from the election and this and that, this division. Man, I needed, uh, I needed a, a serious, uh, just realign, a 180. 
Um, so yeah, that would let me to that Appalachian Trail. And so that was the first experience with hiking and through hiking. Was that that trip? Yeah, uh, I didn't. I didn't camp in my tent. I mean, I didn't sleep in my tent until first night on that Appalachian Trail. I never slept in a tent. I never camped. Uh, I never really hiked. I maybe hiked a couple of weeks before I, I started my through hike uh, out at these uh, mountain range close to Charlotte, North Carolina, Powers Mountain. I went out there. I put like twenty uh, pounds of grout in a backpack and just went out there and just, just walked around for like sixteen miles. I was like, oh yeah, I can do this. Um, so yeah, that was my first experience was actually starting the trail. Uh, first time ever camping. So yeah, <laughs> that is absolutely amazing. Wait, so I need a, this is a very momentous occasion. Oh my God, that sounds so crazy. So, it just, this was this point in your life, everything, you just needed major, major, major change. Like you said, job sucks, situation with the girlfriend. And so this was after the getting in trouble with the law? Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I got, I went to prison and got out in 2010. I haven't had a, no more than speeding tickets since then. Um, you know, I'm just victim of my circumstances. I made some bad choices. Uh, I chose to do, you know, yeah. the wrong things. And but since then, we we've been on the up and up. So, but so what? How did that even get on your radar to to hike the Appalachian Trail? Like you know, you're, you oh, need just, something huge, and you're yeah. like thinking, like, what am I going to do? How did that even come onto your radar? Uh, the internet. I posted online one time, like, uh, on Facebook. I wonder if I could survive in the woods. It was just a random thought. And my cousin said, go hike the Appalachian Trail. <laughs> and I looked it up. That was in January 2017. In April 2017, I was starting the trip. I looked it up. I started watching YouTube videos. I was like, you know what, yeah, I can try that. You know, let's, let's, see, what it, yeah, let's see how it is. Uh, just, I knew it was something different, you know. Something that I never done. I was like, why not? You know, I don't know. I, I don't know what it was. Just it was a it was an easy decision for me. I don't know why it was just like a yeah, oh yeah, no problem. Huh. And um, like we, because obviously, like a lot of people who've never camped overnight in the woods have like f- some fear around it, right? They're like, oh, there's wild animals, or there's this, or there's that. Did you have any fears, or were you just confident and just yeah. r- ready to roll? Oh, for sure. For sure. Scared every day. Still, I'm still scared when I go hiking sometimes camping in the woods. Like, I'm still worried about the animals, you know, but it's, it's something that you live with. Um, the, the payoff is so immense that I'm willing to sacrifice that. Um, you know, I'm willing, I'm willing to sacrifice. When I get it to the top of that, that peak and I, I understand how precious that is, and all those feelings and getting all that payback that you get from that, yeah, it's worth going to sleep with animals. But for sure, I'm 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 terrified of owls, man. <laughs> People tell me all the time, you scared of owls? They're so wise and this, that, the third. I'm like, man, I'm horrified of owls. But in every culture, especially like Southern black culture, if an owl sits outside your house, that means someone's going to die. It's a death omen. Yep, so yep. I've always been terrified of owls because of the stories I've heard. So, you know, they follow me all along the trail, it seems like. But so, yeah, I was. Oof. <laughs> in the bears, you know, you run out running to countless black bears, you know, in the Shenandoah National Park and down in the Smokies. Like, you, you know, you just can't escape them. Then you run into a moose, and it, the moose is like a thousand pounds, and it's like. 
bike that might be killing you, but you panicking and trying to run back down to the mountain, uh, run, run down off the mountain and get some help and get into civilization and get some help, that might kill you. You know what I mean? So, for sure, uh, that's a concern, but the payoff is, is better. Yeah. And so, I mean, you know, I do, I hike and run and, and travel in the mountains, so, you know, I have my own sort of thoughts on, like, you know, what the payoff is and what it means to me personally. And, then, you know, it's sort of, in some ways it's obvious, right? It's like, okay, you get to the mountaintop, it, it was hard to get there, so you feel accomplished and it's a beautiful view, but sort of in your words, like, what is the payoff? Because now you do this stuff so much, you spend a ton of time doing really long-distance trails, like... Is does the payoff start to border on like you know? Is it a spiritual pursuit? Is it like what what really is, is so fulfilling to you that you keep doing it over and over again? Oh, it's it's, it's a lot of things to me. It's, it's a chase for history. Uh, I get to learn more because being a black man, um, you don't see many people of color or black folks out there in, in these spaces. Um, not um, portrayed mainstream, so you don't. You, I, I go looking for history. Um, people like the Matthew Hensons are well-known, but it's, it's a lot more people that are just, just not well-known, and I want to go search history for, for like, I, when I went and biked the Underground Railroad Trail, that was a search for history, oh, wow. um, and understanding and learning more about my struggle, myself, my ancestors, and things like that. Uh, it's a place of healing for me, to be able to go on these trails, because it, it heals my spirit. Um, it's a lot going on in this world, in this world, and especially right now with the social media age, you have to take it all in. It's almost hard to, and it's hard to escape it, especially with me being sort of a, I guess you would call it a public figure or whatever in the outdoor world. So I have to engage people. Um, but that takes a lot of energy. So me getting out on trail is healing for me and just a sense to be able to ground myself, go out there and remember what's important. Um, even if I go and download a whole season of shows to watch while I'm on trail, I'm in way better scenery to, to enjoy this. Um, so it's, it's a lot of things for me. Nice. And does your, um, how does your family feel about all the things you're doing? I mean, I'm sure they think it's great, but do they, given that probably a lot of them don't do such such enormous you know, undertakings, do they yeah. understand it or you know, what's their reaction? Yeah, I don't, I don't think, it, unless you do it, I don't think anyone understands it. Yeah. Um, it sounds amazing to them, but they don't, I, I don't think anyone understands the magnitude of what you're doing. They're like, oh man, you did something amazing, you did something great. But they don't understand like what all goes into it. You know, they see the Instagram posts and stuff, you know, when it's like sunshine and stuff like that, which is why I try to be really transparent in my the way I depict things and I and storytelling that I do because I have to let you know that sometimes it rained on me for days on end. Sometimes mm -hmm. I didn't have any money to maneuver like I wanted to do, you know, and you know, I had to make it work. Um, so they they miss those days. So I, I mean I think they're supportive as much as they can they can be. Mm -hmm. uh, family and friends. But I just don't think anybody that hasn't done this type of journey will ever get it. Um, it's a different yeah. type of feeling. And so uh, there's a lot to a lot of topics to talk about. Of course, very very important ones that you know are sort of current topics at hand. You know, right now, literally, there's in the past week, there's been a ton of stuff going down. Um, you know, around obviously the epidemic of of police violence, 
against people of color and you know most recently with with a number of these these cases Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor and George Floyd so I want to get into those things um, and sort of talk like you said like getting into hiking um, this whole issue of representation right if you if you start looking on YouTube and on the internet for stuff about the Appalachian Trail I would guess a lot of the stuff you're seeing is not showing anyone who looks like you. Uh, this is correct. <laughs> uh, I only found one article um, from a black perspective that was from Howard Hill, uh, which is one of my good uh, social Instagram friends, I guess you could call it. I haven't met him in real life, but we'd love to at some point. Uh, that was the only article that I, that I saw on a black perspective, So, which is what made me YouTube my journey in the first place because I said, oh, somebody, I, I have to get a black perspective on this and, mm-hmm. and show. Um, and so did that like scare you know, Because we had these questions. I had these questions with my mom. We had these conversations. Is it safe? And the only thing that I could point her to to try to appease her was that one article. Um, because we come from the Western North Carolina mountains where you know you've been grown up told all your life, uh, don't go up there to Madison County. Don't go up there to Burnsville. Because if you get caught up there, it's going to be a problem. You know, um, you've been told that all your life. So that's been drummed in your head. So that's what everyone believes. Even if she dropped me off right now, tomorrow she's going to be nervous. She's nervous right now. I told her I'm going to hike. You want to go right now? Um, so it's, it's absolutely a thing. And people say, well, the trail of this, uh, yeah, that's, that theoretically that should be true. I wish that was the truth, but it's, that's just not the reality of, because you have people out here and, and you just feel unsafe. Um, just trying to, to recreate, you know, as Amal Arbery found out, you know, like, rest in peace, like, I'm just trying to run. I'm just trying to take a run. So it's not as simple as people make it out to be, and people have been turning a blind eye for a really long time, or saying, like, you're overreacting, it's not the case, and it's like, oh, it's just one time it happened to you, but I can point you to every one of the black people that I know in the outdoors that has the voice that I follow has the same exact story. So they've all, everyone has experienced it, but people have just been turning the blind eye. And I think now with what's going on with this COVID-19 and everyone has to actually sit down and take a break and look, you have no choice but to look and see what's going on now and you see it's a problem. So I think it's it's a blessing and a curse that we had to go through these events, COVID-19 and and the senseless acts of of murder. Mm -hmm. Um, And... But if we can ultimately learn a lesson and actually move upon it this time, move forward, not just lip service, not a bunch of Instagram posts and black and out posts, but I want action. And I'm just hopeful. Hopefully we'll see. Yeah. And of course, not expecting you to provide all the answers of how to how to take action and, and such, but, you know, in your, in yeah. your perception, what what is a meaningful step to take beyond... I mean, obviously, there's a lot of a lot of meaningful action steps to take, but like, sort of first things after you know you do some social media and you show your support that way. Like, how do you make it more real? Or in your uh, mind, like, how do people about, do uh, come through? Uh, we need to be talking about economics. Um, if we're going to talk about equality and equity, we need to be talking about economic economics first. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's first. Um, and just to all my white friends, I just want to that's out here doing the work. And, and getting out of these streets and, and having these tough conversations, um, trying to empower black people and people of color. Uh, I think I, I applaud 
applaud you because we need you because black people have been trying to eradicate racism for since its inception and we haven't been able to do it. So it's not a thing that we do. We experience it. We are experts in, in recognizing it and, <laughs> and experiencing it, but it's nothing we can do to stop it because um, we've been trying. So I just want to um, just, just tell my white friends, my white allies, just continue moving forward. Um, and you just have these conversations. Man, Thanksgiving is going to be a, a blast this year. <laughs> Sometimes you might have to cuss your grandma out, you might have to cuss your uncle out, but these are conversations that need to be had because this has to end. And now you see what we've been going through for the longest, we've been telling you. Um, just like they pushed that 75 year old white man down, I think in Buffalo. That was <laughs> disgusting. I don't, you know, we don't, I don't support that, you know. <laughs> so, we just can't, we can't stand by idly and, and watch this. I just think whatever you decide to take action, whether it be an Instagram post, whether it be donating to a call, whether it be standing on the front line, whether uh, you know some, some congressmen or you know how to deal with the legal side of things where we can start changing some laws. I think they just passed uh, where they made lynching a federal crime um, 2020. Lynching is following your federal crime. So I think we all have our different places where we can move forward. I think just uh, ask your black friends that surround you. Uh, if you don't have any black friends to ask, that's the place to start. Get some more. <laughs> and uh, no for now uh, yeah. but yeah it's, it's a lot of different ways to move it's, everyone has a different uh, a, a different job when it comes to something like a revolution um, and I think we need a revolution as far as ending racism that's definitely a cause that I can stand behind and I think everyone should absolutely so what are you what, how do you perceive your role in this like obviously you're helping with representation because you're doing the stuff you're showing mm-hmm yourself doing it you're spreading information and inspiration um but sort of so what other ways are you doing things or what other ways do you sort of want to continue to do things or maybe move into other roles to help with this issue um, I'm, a, I'm a facilitator uh also i, I want to move by action um right here these action journeys that i take that's an act of freedom uh, i'm showing you how to go get freedom in spain um, Scotland, uh, up to the parts of America where they say you shouldn't go. Um, and I go and I'm just fine. And I, I meet the people and I talk to the people and I connect with the people. And um, I think that's that's my role in this right here. Um, just, just to move and, and be a man of action. Uh, I'm trying right now to, to acquire some land um, and show people how to get back to the land and farm and, and community. You don't see too many black guys out here farming. Um, buying land you know I'm, I'm about black lives matter that's cool but black power and black power shouldn't be a threatening statement to anyone yeah. it should be i just want some power to control my own freedom and my own my, my say of my life and how it should go i shouldn't want my life to just be a, a humdrum existence or the people that come follow me it shouldn't be that way so when i talk black power i just mean someone being able to take control of, of their daily life, uh, whether that be grow a crop so I can take back a little bit of independence. I own this land. I can go look at and, and sit down at the lake, sit down at the pond and just enjoy myself. I think that's a better quality of life. So that's what I'm moving forward to show people that um, through action. Hmm. And that's really, of course, what's so <laughs> messed up about 
you know, America is that that is the American dream, right? That's quote unquote the stereotypical American dream is like to just For sure. be, you know, to use a, a current expression, like to live your best life, right? It's like you just want to sure. do your thing, have this, you know, American freedom we all believe in, and like have some land. It's like the quintessential American thing. So to think then that so many people, of course, are systemically you know, kept from, or in so many ways, systemically kept from those from achieving that, is just so counter, of course, to the supposed American dream, at least, and that the people who often seem like you know, sort of the far right, it's like they're they really feel the exact same way. They just evidently don't necessarily want it for everyone, right? But it's like that's the same freedom and let me do my thing that they want <laughs> so then it's like well True. that's messed up so you want it but no you know other people can't have it that's it's counter yeah, to everything this country is supposed thing, to be about some people think that they can't have that same thing if i have that exactly well, we could all have it <laughs> but yeah exactly you don't have to stop me from having it too like that that's just yeah that's where the issue comes yeah, people assume that that yeah, making allowing you to have some of that is gonna gonna take away some of their pie, right? Um, so you mentioned like uh, these some of these trips you do. This is sort of embodies freedom and and moving and doing your thing. So you mentioned Spain. You mentioned Scotland. Um, I know a little bit about some of those specific adventures you've done, but but tell our listeners a little more. So what you did a pilgrimage route in Spain, correct? Uh, correct, correct. Um, well, after the Appalachian Trail, I just, I, I felt like I needed more of a connection because I had been running into people that have been planning this for five, ten years. Um, I know a guy that did a spreadsheet of all the, the, the weed that he thought he would smoke, and he, he, you know, he, he rationed himself out the whole entire trail. So there's people doing spreadsheets on gear, and it, and I didn't. So I felt a little bit disrespectful for like almost a lack of, of love for the trail before I started, which I gained along the way, I want to say. Okay. Um, but I wanted to try to find me a more solid connection with my next journey. So just searching online, talking to a couple friends, um, just stumbled across the Underground Railroad Trail, which was a bike route mm-hmm. from Mobile, Alabama, goes up into Canada, uh, oh, 2,000 miles. So I just like, hey man, let's, let's try it out. Uh, was able to get my bike sponsored through REI. Um, that took 49 days. Started down in Mobile, Alabama, left um, late September 2018, uh, and, and finished up in November 1st or 2nd, I think, uh, up in, uh, at the border, rode across the border on my bike, came back and everything. Uh, so it was pretty cool. Was able to stop at Harriet Tubman's house along the way, um, and, and just a lot of different places. Was able to stop at an actual slave house where actual, you know, slaves hid uh, in order to try to move forward uh, north. Um, so that was a trip. Uh, then next year, I had, 2019, I was invited by uh, a group of guys to go hike coast-to-coast Scotland, uh, the QGO Challenge. So it was a two-week coast-to-coast, self-designed route through the backcountry, Scottish Highlands. <laughs> um, man, really like a really good time walking through a bunch of bogs and... <laughs> Just like There's no seams, right? Uh, not, not there, just about a thousand sheep. Mm-hmm. Um, but just like the most beautiful, beautiful uh, scenery, man. I was able to meet a uh, really cool girl over there. Um, 
that ran a pizza shop uh, on the east coast of Scotland. Went out for a date and everything. I, I split up with the guys I was hiding with. I, yeah, yeah, I go on here. Uh, took the day off, went on a date, had a good old time over there. So um, that was pretty cool. Uh, and I ended off that trip when I left from Scotland. I went over to Amsterdam, uh, which has been a dream destination for me since I was at, uh, a youngin'. Uh, was able to go over there for a few days and a little time out of Amsterdam, Harlem, uh, moving around, just, just getting you know to know the locals. I love really just going to meet the, the locals on my trip. Like that's that's an inspiration, right? And then from there, a month later, I went back uh, across the pond. I came back home for a month, went back across the pond to Spain, and I took Camino to Santiago, the northern route, Camino del Norte, uh, which is like a 535-mile route from uh, the border of France. And then you walk all the way the northern coast, all the way to uh, Santiago de Compostela, which is like a pilgrimage route. People have been walking it for a thousand years at this point. Um, it's like, you know, uh, really religious thing. So you, when you get there at the end, you see a bunch of people crying. And, man, you know, it's like a really, really emotional place. Big, like huge square, a thousand of people. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, I, I, I've, been, I've been pretty fortunate, man, to be able to travel some really cool places these last few years. Uh, I, I still be pitching myself a lot. You know, <laughs> yeah. But, Dang, that sounds amazing. Sheesh. And so, like that that route in Spain. Um, so you're just going from like town to town, village to village, sort of thing. Uh, pretty much. Uh, yeah, you're just walking. You know, just town town. Got these best, the best little like uh, over here. We would call them tapas. Uh, mm. You know, as far as like the little one bite little plates. Um, as far as like Mexican food and stuff. Mm. But over there, they call them pinchos. So, and then you're coming through places like. San Sebastian and Bilbao, these places got Michelin star restaurants there, so the food is like just world renowned, fresh seafood. Oh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, you drink beer on the streets, uh, man, it was amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> For sure. So, how long did that take you? You said that was 500 uh, miles? 28 days, yeah. Jeez. <laughs> wow. And what was after that? that? Was you got a roll going, good string of hikes there. Wait, so was was the Spain trip the most recent? Yes. yes. Uh-huh. Uh, well, I, I went and hiked the uh, Arc Road. Uh, I think that's probably like the shortest through hike I've done, uh, which is up in western North Carolina, uh-huh. uh, right outside of Asheville, a little bit west of Asheville, Mabar, 30-mile uh, trip. That was the last hike I've done. That was actually the last time I've been outside, to be honest. That was early March. Uh-huh. Um, Is that because of all the <laughs> the pandemic action? You're just laying yeah, low for now? Yeah, they shut the trail down, man. So I've been trying to be responsible and, you know, so. But, uh, hey, man, I'm, my fingers are crossed. I actually have a PCT southbound permit for July 31st. So my fingers, toes are crossed. Oh, wow. Everything, everything is crossed right now. Uh, <laughs> Sweet. Oh, we got to tell us if you get that, you're coming through Portland area. 
Well, come say what's oh, up. Yeah. Give you some trail magic. Definitely, definitely. Hell yeah. I love Portland. I was out in Portland, I think, uh, in February um, for the first time ever. Uh, love it. Reminds me of our ass actually. So, pretty cool. Hell yeah. Um, and so, what do you uh, what do you see as like the you know the next generations growing up? There's what do you think it's going to take sort of to shift the you know a lot of kids are just into video games a lot of there's a lot of you know inactivity there's a lot of unhealthiness you know it's like diabetic kids is like an epidemic there's all these sort of unhealthy things going on um and it's sort of ironic that social media is sort of this two two-edged sword right where it's like it can be really powerful and inspiring and cause people to get into great things that are transformative for them. But also it can, you know, like anything, it has its negative sides of, it can just get you in this constantly comparative mindset. It can make you jealous or feel bad about yourself or whatever. So like sort of like, what do you see social media's role in, in helping get kids active and helping get more, maybe black kids into it if they don't necessarily see a lot of people like them. And what's your role with social media? Do you like it? How do you feel about it? Uh, I love it. Uh, it's, a, it's a tool. You have to use it as such. Uh, a lot of people use it in a train. That's, that's wrong. It's a tool. Um, definitely, you can go in there and get a laugh or two. That's fine. But you still have to use it as, as a tool. And I think these kids got a lot more uh, sense than you give them credit for. Because um, a lot more of them are outside. I see a lot of young people outside doing a lot of different things. Being, being very creative. Uh, they know how to use the internet. They're not scared of it. Um, so I, I, I think the, I think the shift is happening uh, in real time. I think it's important for us uh, as, you know, just people in the outdoors to make sure that we pass that on to them um, because they, they can't know anything unless we pass it on or, or they learn it from somewhere. So I think it's on us to, to do that, which I had initiative. <laughs> to be out right now uh, with a group of kids, but this COVID-19 thing happened. So I have been getting do- uh, gear donated um, for the past couple months just to be able to get them out um, and, and not have to bring a gear, but just come out for a weekend, uh, you know, so, but I think it, it just, it's on us mm-hmm. to, to make it look cool again, uh, make it fun. Uh, like I said, I, I would watch a whole season of shows out there while I'm on trail. I don't say disconnect from from everything. It's just be intentional about how you use it and use it on your own terms. Don't let it control you, you know. Yeah. Um, what, sorry, what was the project with the kids that, that unfortunately isn't happening because of COVID? Um, I just was, was going to do it um, myself. I had partnered with Appalachian Adventure Company. Um, they have all the permits to get up in the Smokies and uh, I think Nana Halo and all that kind of stuff with, with groups. So I was going to partner with them and just uh, take a group of inner city kids out that just that's never been out before, never camped, never hiked, anything like that. Just go out with them for a few days because I, I saw a couple of groups when I was on my Appalachian Trail hike that had, had a lot of kids, but they looked miserable because they were carrying all this stuff, carrying all these big pots and pans and all this food. You know, like one kid had to carry all the pots and one kid had to carry like all the rice and stuff. You know, they look, they look miserable. 
So I, I never wanted to get them out there like that. I wanted to get them out there and have, enjoy Get some nice gear, you know, that's kind of light. Get out there and just have a good time. You get us a nice camp spot. Maybe get us one by the lake. Uh, you know, go fishing. Teach them how to fish. You know, things like that. Just, just show them something different. So, yeah. yeah. Um, as soon as this stuff clears up, we'll be back at it for sure. Oh, yeah. And I would assume you got a lot of people, I mean, like, I reached out to you via Instagram um, to make contact, but I would assume you have a lot of other people doing that and asking you questions and, hey, I want to get into this, you know, and, and asking for your advice. Is Do you get a lot of requests like that? Uh, for sure. Uh, people ask me, man, I got 50 messages right now that I got to answer. Uh, <laughs> so people ask me questions every day. I try to help them as, as best as I can. Uh, I'm not it. The expert, you know, I'm not the gear expert. You know, I I know what I know about the gear that I use, um, and I was I would suggest you that gear. Yeah. But I'm not. I don't test out a lot of gear. I do, and you know, I do. But I I'm not big on just trying to send people somewhere. You know what I mean? Uh, I feel like the best thing for you to try to do is like figure it out. Now I got some coach and stuff that yeah, I definitely recommend for you. Um, but. It's, it's all about a different hiking style. It's how you hike, you know, it's how you camp. You know, some people want more, uh, some people don't take stoves. Some people go stoves. They just eat cold quinoa for yeah, dinner, you know, that's on them. Yeah. But it works for them. Yeah. Uh, me, that's never going to work for. You know what I mean? I, but I know who I am, so I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, I definitely get a whole lot of different questions, requests, and yeah, I get a lot of wild stuff. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure you get some funny questions. Um, do you feel that there is an increase in sort of, you know, sort of going along with hopefully an increase in representation of you know people of color and different folks in outdoor spaces? Do you feel like there's a shift, ha- like a genuine shift happening of more of those folks getting uh, feeling welcomed or being interested or you know? Yeah. For sure, uh, my messages tell me I'm, that's that's absolutely a fact because I got a lot of people. I got I got homeboys from the hood that I know never been hiking camping, and they're like, man. When I used to go home now, they used to be like, um, man, I don't know, that's crazy, that's crazy. But now, watching me now and watching how I move around now and watching these cool places that I've been going, they like, hey man, I don't know. I think about I'm thinking about uh, getting me a tent, you know, and stuff. So I, yeah, I know it's definitely making shift, especially in around me um, just from the people I talk to uh, I have people man I had one guy man hit me one time and say uh, I was helping him stay off of heroin you know like that's like the messages that I get you know it'd be some wild stuff you know and this is a white guy from up north like up around like the Baltimore area I was helping him stay clean um, just from, from from me traveling and just being positive and just you know having, him being able to see something cool yeah you know, so yeah, for sure. I, I know it's making a shift. That's cool because uh, obviously, like you doing a crazy thing like hiking the whole Appalachian Trail is super inspiring. But you know, that's still you know somebody who lives in North Carolina. That's still like you know sort of your backyard. So although it's amazing, it's close at hand. Whereas people seeing you like hiking a pilgrimage route across Spain and hiking coast to coast in Scotland, it's like. That's even more impactful. Just like, holy shit, this guy's not just going out into the woods around here. He's like 
going out into the yeah. woods all over the freaking globe. Yeah, especially the people that know me and know what I came from, and you know, they're like, yeah, they, yeah, they trip them out. And it feels good to see, you know, like, oh yeah, yeah, this kind of trip them out. So it's cool, you know, because I know now they know, like, oh, I probably can do this. If I can get you to think that, that's fine with me. I want you to think that you can do this, because if you really put the work in, you actually could do this. Because I'm no, just like. I'm not no superhuman guy. I just be walking, you know, and riding my bike. You know, it's just, you know, <laughs> I love you it. can do it. Love it. Well, so one question is, um, so for the big trips, like, did you just save up money from working, or did you get some some sponsorship or help from gear companies or outdoor companies? Uh, here and there, uh, AT. I just saved up what I could. Um, actually, I didn't know. I only planned on AT for like two months. Mm-hmm. And I put up a GoFundMe because my friends and family were asking me, hey, can I help you out? They wanted to send me like a can of Spam and all the stuff that I don't want to carry. So I was like, nah, mm-hmm. just, just send it through the uh, GoFundMe. And then the next day, I put it, I put the GoFundMe to 500 and the next day it was at over 500 mm-hmm. Um And most of that was from just people that watch my YouTube. So <laughs> I was like, yeah, I should probably keep going. I took these folks' money. Yeah, I gotta, and then I was also in love with the trail at that point. Uh, Underground Railroad, sort of the same thing, just trying to, uh, you know, save here what I could. Um, travel gets expensive. Uh, it really does. So, I got a bike sponsored by REI and everything like that, so it helped with all my gear and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Scotland trip, I didn't have any help. Uh, then I, once I realized, I got over there and I realized the, the American dollar ain't that, that strong up against the pound, <laughs> yeah. the British pound. Boy, I was there for a rude awakening, so. <laughs> that was a little tough trip to get through, um, but uh, the Spain trip was sponsored by Moose Jaw. Shout out to Moose Jaw. That was the only trip I never had to worry about any money, and it was even more enjoyable. Just to be honest with you, like money, you know, sometimes <laughs> it's fun to, to figure it out and maneuver through it. Looking back on it, but going through it at the moment, like man, you know, it's just it sucks. Uh, but yeah, that one trip I didn't have to worry about any money. It was pretty cool, even though I lost my debit card over there. Uh, left my debit card in the ATM um, over there in Spain, so I had to get uh, really creative on how to book rooms and stuff like that. I knew I figured that the ATM had eight; they just ate the debit card. So I and I knew all my numbers and stuff, so I was still able to book rooms and move around. Oh, wow. And me being um, super a smart guy, and you know, super savvy, and and, and not realizing it is the space age. Uh, I forgot all about Western Union, which I should have did a long time ago, and I wouldn't have had any problems moving through Spain. So, to those out there that want to use Cash App, PayPal, and all that stuff, yeah, it's fine, it's cool. Do not forget about Western Union, the mainstay. Because <laughs> <laughs> it can really help you out in the pitch. Uh, so, yeah, once I figured that out at like, the end of the trip, I was like, oh, yeah, I should have been the whole time. So, but, yeah, man, sponsorship, it definitely helps out a lot. Oh, yeah. No, I think that's important because. Or, you know, uh, for some people, obviously, that's a more of an issue, right? It's like the thought of going on a trip is really going to be made, make or be be made or broken by the fact whether they can financially do it, right? But I think people also can use that sort of as an excuse of like, oh, well, you know, that's too much money, or I I can't possibly spend money on that, or that's too extravagant, or that's too this or too that. When, you know, oftentimes it's not that hard. Oftentimes there's 
there's different ways to find money. There's people who want to support you. There's people who watch your YouTube who want to actually give you money so you can go do cool things. Um, and just that, yeah, we all spend money on things in our day-to-day lives that we don't need to, right? It's like somebody who goes and gets a, a latte every day. Oh, if you cut your latte out, you could go to Spain and hike an amazing trail because you saved the money. So just it's, it's often more accessible than people think. I do that a lot because, and I hate that because people are like, what? oh, they're trying to rationalize it. Like, oh, you don't have kids or... Oh, you're on a vacation. I'm like, no, because sometimes I sleep on park benches and, you know, sometimes I sleep in really good places, but it's a balance. So understand it's not a vacation. Hiking and walking 20 miles a day is not a vacation. <laughs> I don't care where you are. Uh, it's cool, but understand you, something is being done as well. Something is being accomplished where it's not just like vacation. I'm just kicked back on the beach, yeah. you know, or shopping, you know. So I, it's a big distinction in between the two. Uh, um so what is what's sort of the future projects i know you, i'm sure you have a lot you got you want to as soon as covid is sort of under wraps a little more wanting to do this stuff with the kids but what else like personal personal bucket list dream routes do you want to do oh uh, well man besides the pgt uh and uh definitely want to triple crown or something uh, at some point, um, but I think the next major thing for me, I wanna, I've been watching this guy on YouTube, man, uh, really cool guy, I think his name is Rocket Kid out in Australia, and he just like goes out on his boat by himself and he does a lot of spear fishing and, uh, like camps on these deserted islands, <laughs> and it looks like, it looks like it's for me, so I definitely wanna try to get your boat and go from, you know, Key West or Miami or somewhere down to the Bahamas. And find me just a little deserted island and do a little spear fishing and, 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 and fishing and kick back. And, uh, <laughs> I think that's, that's, that's next on the list for me. But first, for me to do that, I have to get my breath right. So I have to be able to hold my breath for at least three minutes on, on land, uh, and three minutes underwater. So, you know, I've, I've been trying to practice, uh, breath holding techniques. Uh, I got up to two and a half minutes, um, which is cool because I'm a smoker. So that's not the easiest thing to do. Yeah. Um, and I gotta be able to get in the pool and, 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 you know, learn how to swim with fins on. And so it's a lot of work that's gonna go into it, but I'm definitely ready to put in the work because I'm like, yeah, now that I got my eyes set on that, yeah, I, I want, uh, that and maybe L cap, L cap one day. Climbing L cap. With climb cap. Dang, I love it. So, wow. So your, your dreams and aspirations are, are far beyond just uh, traveling on your feet. That's great. Damn. Yeah, for sure, man. I, I figure if I'm going to go out, I want to go out epic. Uh, you know, people go out every day just going to the to the gas station, you know. So if I want to go out, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it in a really creative, epic way, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully I don't even go out. So, yeah, that's exactly. even better. <laughs> Well, I love it. It's like you're, you're perfecting the art of just being a, a well-rounded animal, right? You, animals hike and run and swim and throw spears at other animals. For sure. Hell yeah. Climb big-ass rocks like El Cap. Damn. Sheesh, that's got some good excitement ahead. That's great. So what? Uh, we always end these episodes by asking one main question, of, which is uh, what... Your advice would be 
So a lot of the purpose of this podcast is to provide inspiration to people who, you know, maybe are trying to find what they're passionate about and don't know what it is yet, or maybe they are passionate about something, but they just don't know really how to, how to go after it. They feel stuck. Maybe they're doing a job that they really hate, or, you know, like you said, before you did the Appalachian Trail, you were, all these things were happening in your life and you just, you needed a really big change. So say, like, what would you even have told yourself back then when you were so stuck? What would you have said oh, about the future? Shit, man, um, easy. Never do anything for money. Uh, just move pure, never do anything for money. Like, if you just stick to that one rule, never do anything for money. People do a lot of things for money. They waste their whole entire life for money. Um, and just, just, you do something I love. If you do anything out of love, it's always going to be pure and, and, and a positive experience. Money, yeah, never do anything for money, for sure. I like that. Very, very concise. All right, well, that's about uh, that's about all for today, Daniel. I really appreciate you coming on and, and sharing your thoughts and telling us about your awesome experiences. Oh, no problem. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me, for sure. Of course, yeah, definitely stay in touch. Let us know about the PCT permit, and we'll come, uh, come give you some support when you come through Oregon. Sound like a plan. Sound like a plan. And I, I, I'll give you a shot uh, when I'm out that way. I definitely, I've been, I've been looking up some uh, Airbnbs. I was like, man, I'll come out there and stay for a whole month. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we'll see, man. Hopefully, uh, I'll be out in Portland uh, oh, yeah. before, before long. For nice. sure. Yeah, we got a great community. We'll, uh, we'll take good care of you. <laughs> Sweet man, well, thanks a lot. Have a great day. We'll talk to you soon. All right, peace. This wraps up another edition of the Get After It PDX podcast. For more information about today's guest, including social media links, please check out the show notes for this episode. Thanks for listening. Now it's your turn to get out there and get after it. it.